Well, welcome to week two of Group Connect. We are here. It's happening. Everything we've dreamed about, man, it is here. And I want you to know that we are excited that you're here. Was that not awesome what just took place on the stage? Gideon, Maddie, you guys knocked it out of the park. Lip singing contest. It is fun to come into this place and laugh until it hurts. And we want you to know that being in community and having people in your life is fun and it's exciting And so hopefully you find this place to be a place where you can let your guard down a little bit and get to know people. And that will lead you to a life of living in biblical community. So let's talk about that for a second. We are in week two and we are uh, going to unpack truth and spiritual growth. Truth and spiritual growth. We believe that authentic biblical community happens in three ways. Last week we talked about authentic relationships. Tonight we're going to talk about biblical truth and spiritual growth. And then next week, our final week, we'll talk about community, fellowship, and fun. And we believe these are the three building blocks that equals authentic biblical community. So tonight we're going to talk about why spiritual growth should be a priority in biblical community, what some of the core spiritual disciplines are, and then how groups can help one another grow spiritually. And so... Let's talk about this. Why spiritual growth should be a priority in community? Because the goal of community is to live in authentic relationships that lead to spiritual transformation. Put it another way. It's like living in in intentional relationships with people who help us become more like Jesus. But transformation and Christ-likeness doesn't come just by being in a relationship with other people, even Christians. Spiritual growth takes training and discipline. Growing spiritually is a lot easier and more effective with community around us to encourage us, challenge us, and point us to Christ. And so we need community to help us grow because growth usually isn't in a vacuum or in isolation. I believe that idiosyncrasies happen because we isolate ourselves. We get weird. Like we do, we get really weird when we are kind of like the lone ranger and we do our, we, we, we don't really have anybody to speak into our life and we kind of do life alone. And, and, and just like last week, man, we talked about one of our core values here at Abundant Life and Paradigm is that people need people. It's something that has to happen if you're going to grow and if your faith is going to be nourished on a weekly basis. And so transformation requires training, and you can help each other be disciplined. So what discipline means? This is biblical. This is something that comes straight from Scripture. 1 Timothy 4, 7, 8 says, train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of, is of some value. Yes, it is. Physical training is great. So if you're a CrossFitter, man, get your CrossFit on and have fun doing it. If you like going to the, the gym and, and hitting up Genesis or Golds, man, go and, and, and do that. It has value. Health is important, the Bible says. But it says godliness has value for all things, holding promises for both the present life and the life to come. And, and that we would be a people that doesn't just live here in the physical realm. And that we just focus on the here and now, but that we would live with eternity in mind. Because the Bible says that, man, 
it promises life here and in the life to come. Our core value of, that, that we're going to talk about tonight is devote daily, that we must devote ourselves daily to a personal relationship with Jesus. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you and I can do nothing. We can't. And you probably might be thinking, yeah, just I can do a lot apart from Christ. Yet you can. But it'll just last right here in this life. That's it. It'll be so temporal. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, if you want it to last for all of eternity, then I need to be the center of everything you do. The meal you eat, the sports you play, the job that you have, the school you go to, the relationship that you're in, that I would be the center of it. And he says, man, when I'm the center of it, when you're abiding with me, when you're inviting me into every area of your life, he says what? He says, man, you are going to bear much fruit that lasts for all of eternity. And so let's talk about this real quick. Spiritual disciplines help us grow. We believe this. This is something that we need. Spiritual disciplines are so vital for you and I to survive, especially in the culture that we live in. See, discipline isn't about, um, discipline is all about, excuse me, obedience and intimacy with Christ. Not this obligatory type um, discipline. Listen, you don't work for your salvation. I don't work for my salvation, but I do work from my salvation because of Christ. Because of what he's done for me on the cross. Because he took the death that I should die and lived the life that I could never live. Because he went to the cross and rose again on the third day, I now work from that. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says, when people call obedience legalism, we are at the height of heresy. When people call obedience legalism, we are at the height of heresy. In other words, when you look at God's word and you study this book, and for some reason I, I'll come across young adults and they'll say, Man, don't be legalistic. Legalistic? Do you know what legalism is? Legalism is when you add to this book, not when this book clearly defines what our role is as a man or, or woman of the faith. And, and, and that's what God's calling us to. That's not legalism. That's obedience. And it's not begrudgingly obedience. It's like, yes, I want to pursue these disciplines because of what Christ has done. And so may, may, may it never be said about you and I that we call spiritual disciplines the very things that are going to help us grow in our faith and nurture the, the, the work that God did in our life when we first commit our life to Christ, may it never be say, said about us that we call those things legalism. Prayer, reflection and solitude, evangelism and service. These are the disciplines that when you sit down with your community group, your leader, the people around you will say, hey, how's that going for you? What are you learning? One of the most simple questions we've been asking uh, our team on a paradigm level, I just say, hey, what, what, what's God teaching you? And we're translating that into our, into our volunteers that serve this ministry. Hey, what's God teaching you? Sh share that with me. 
Don't just give me some surface level answer. Like, what are you learning? What does that look like for you? Are you memorizing scripture? Are those scriptures, scriptures that are going to help you combat the weak areas of your life that you struggle with? Lust, lying, gossiping. What is it? What, what's your struggle? So let's find some fighter verses for you that you can renew your mind with. And let's do that together. Hey, who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you building a bridge with at the office, in the classroom, those of you that go to college, right? Who are you inviting to church? Oh, you don't know how to share the gospel. No problem. We're going to walk with you through that to teach you. These are some questions that we're going to ask when you sit down for community group. And we understand that people are all across the board when it comes to where they are in their faith, man. We're going to be patient. Growth doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. How can groups help one another grow spiritually? Diving in the Bible, praying, spending time, reflective solitude, evangelizing. These things are things that we have to understand are the priority when we sit down with our group. Core value, man, that we would counsel biblically. This is one of those core values that when you sit down with your group, that they're not just giving you their thoughts and their, their opinions. I said this to our leaders earlier. Man, if I wanted someone else's thoughts, I could get on Google. I could look at the, the news. I could, you know, listen to Oprah or Dr. Phil. No, the Bible is the final authority that they would lead and counsel you biblically from that. All scripture is inspired by God. All of it. So it's not this cut and paste theology, right? Where you get to choose what you want to believe and the rest of it, this other stuff you just kind of throw out. Inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the woman of God or the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. This will be the lens in which we lead our entire group by. So let's talk about this uh, for a minute. The Bible, study and apply God's truth together. Study and apply God's truth together. This is something that, man, when you sit down, hey, all of you are on the same page with what you're studying. So if you look at, you're saying, hey, let's study a book of the Bible. Okay, so, man, during the week, man, you're studying that together. You're being able to pick up the phone and call if you have any questions about, you know, Maybe you come across a, a, a verse or a word that, man, you just don't have any idea about. Oh, man, it's, it's, there's some a harmonious uh, unity there when it comes to the curriculum and, and, and things that are happening. Man, you are going to be doing this together, right? Picking verses to memorize, and then you're asking each other, hey, d- let's, 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 let's talk about the memory verse from last week. And that you would be a man or woman uh, of the word that if someone was to cut you, man, you would bleed Bible. That you would bleed the Bible. And the only way you do that is when you have people that are willing to hold you accountable to memorize scripture. That you'd encourage each other to be faithful in the dry times. Listen, I experience dry times. Phil Hopper experiences dry times. Mark McGoy experiences dry times. It's, it's, it's universal. Think about the, all the things that are competing for our time and our attention. You're going to experience dry times. This is why community is so 
important. That prayer, that you would share prayer requests proactively, that you would follow up with those requests. That it wouldn't be like, I'll pray for you, brother, and then you forget about each other, right? But that you would be able to present your request to your group, and they would be diligent in praying for you, and, and that you would do that together, one for another. Pray for one another throughout the week. Keep a list and then ask. Hey, have you had any answered prayers this week? Okay, well, let's keep let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. Let's keep forging our way through. I told you that I had a uh, a buddy of mine that uh, was was really instrumental in 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 me pursuing community and changing my playground and my playmates. His name is Chad Glover, and he's here tonight. And so, man, I just said, hey, Chad, at the, at the tail end of, of this time, would you just come on up here and share some thoughts, man, that you have about community and kind of share our, the first community that you experienced with us as, as roommates in college. And so would you give it up for Chad? He's going to come on up here. Chad, just grab that microphone that I think it's, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, is that the one you had, Mark? The second one. Grab that other one, Chad. Yo, yo. There we are. Y'all give it up again for Chad. <laughs> so so this is Chad, and, and, and we roomed together for a year and a half in college, and he's hanging out with us for a few days. He's going to be preaching at Paradigm on Tuesday, and and I'm telling you, this this is the man that, that would call me to greatness. This is the man that would call me to, to live in biblical community, even when it hurt, even when I wanted to run, even when I wanted to throw the towel in. And so, I mean, I just asked Chad if he'd come up here and just share for just a few minutes uh, what community has meant to his life and, and just kind of give, give these guys the context for, you know, the way we did life together. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well thank you all so much for coming out tonight. Um, and so I, this is just a great testimony to uh, to you guys saying, hey, this is important, and uh, man, Christianity is a team sport, not a solo sport, and so just so excited about what God's going to do in your life um, just to, as, as you move forward in obedience to him. A um, couple things that come to mind, I love that last week we were talking, that y'all talked about how the essence of God, the Trinity, is the epitome of community, and so we see in God that if we're going to be image bearers of him, um, we can only do that properly when we're together. Mm -hmm. Now that's, you know, stems from marriage that God brought Adam and Eve together. So me and my boo thing and Cocoa Puffs <laughs> over there, we, um, <laughs> is that, is it safe to say that? Um, anyway, we reflect the image of God, not in isolation, but together. And then, and then that extends into the greater community. And so man, I'm just so grateful that uh, we get to reflect God in that, in that right. And then Hebrews 12, the author says that we got to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. we got to get around one another so that we can throw off the things that so in easily entangle us and then run the race with perseverance. That's good. And it doesn't say that, like, you got to work hard and white-knuckle it by yourself. you got to get surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses, and that's what you're doing. And so I'm excited just about what God's going to do there and, and seeing that in our life that, man, that we begin to, to shake um, those things that were entangling us off um, <laughs> when we got around one another. And so uh, this is kind of silly that we did this, but, I, I, you know, I still, I still uh, um, appreciate this, and we still talk like this. Uh, we made these matching bracelets when we were in college. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and anyway, uh, 
<laughs> and they had this. Uh, they had these three letters. These three letters on them. What, what were the letters? Do you remember? W T B. That's right. And so W T B stood for win the battle. And we knew that we were waking up each day, and that there was going to be some things that were going to be contending for our hearts, for our eyes, for our ears, for our lives. And those things were, we knew that we had a real enemy that was crouching at our door. That's what Genesis says. Sin is crouching at your door, seeking to devour you. And it had been eating up our lunch for so long, and we said, enough. And so, man, we knew that we were waking up, getting in the battle, but we had a band of brothers that was coming together. So I'll be like this, Josiah, you been winning the battle? He's like, nah, man. <laughs> Not every like, time. Come on, bro. You know, God's going to get you. I'm just kidding. We wouldn't judge him like that. But, <laughs> but but it would be like, yeah, bro, staying strong, you know. And so that became our 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 language in that deal. That was our anthem. Yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. And so even to this day, you know, we'll talk with each other. And, and uh, one of our, our brothers just went through a, a season of singleness. And, and that was it, brother. Hey, you went in the battle. And, and, and it was a difficult time, a dark season, a dry season, mm-hmm. as we talk about. And then, uh, man, another thing that, that comes to my mind when it comes to community is David and Jonathan are the poster child for, um, for ch- or poster children for what, what community is in the Old Testament. And when you look at their relationship, they were brothers, but they, they really shouldn't have been boys because there should have been some jealousy mm-hmm. or some animosity between them because David was anointed king, but Jonathan was the one that was actually heir to the throne. But they pushed their differences aside, amen, and they sought community in spite of what the culture said should have divided them. So we should be finding community with people that are not like us, and the world should look at us and say, hmm, something different about them. Hello, it's Jesus, because we're marked by his love. And Jesus said that the the world will know us by the way we love one another. That's how we'll we'll show that we're his disciples. But they use this word um, that that is very significant in the Hebrew language. And it's a word, I I, I didn't plan on talking about (laughs) this, I'm sorry. But let me me have it for a minute. There's this word that's used in the Hebrew language called raya, and raya means friendship, okay? Mm-hmm. So we friends, you know, like, hey, what's up, Chiefs game, that sort of <laughs> thing, right, like we were talking <laughs> about earlier. And raya is important. You know, we, we build friendships by doing things. We all should have raya. You should know what that is. Raya is what my wife likes to say. <laughs> and so we like we should have raya. But the word it uses for David and Jonathan is very romantic language. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea in our culture that if you have affection for a brother, like if I told you I loved you, um, somebody might like, well, that's kind of, you know, that's different, right? Mm-hmm. But this language that's used between David and Jonathan use this word ahava. And ahava is, is this word that means that your love is as strong as death mm. is the way that it puts handles on it in the scripture. What it says about David and Jonathan is that David or that Jonathan knit his soul to David, mm. that, that, that David loved Jonathan as his own soul. And so it, it, it's, I think in our culture, when we look at community friendships, our vision for that is too low. And God is calling us to a higher vision that you in your community group will be an actual reflection of the Imago Dei, of the image of God. And God is calling you to not have a low vision of your community group, but a high vision so much so that you're going to form some relationships that you would say of that man or of that woman that it, that is like my soul brother. That is like my soul sister. <laughs> that, 
to somebody that I'm tight with, that I'm fighting the battle with, that I know that in the darkest nights of the soul that there's somebody in my corner that's contending with me. Mm. There's somebody in my corner that's pleading on behalf of Jesus and my goodness and my well-being. And I love that I can call my brother Josiah and call my brother Huck. I can call my brother Joe and say, here's what's happening. And they'll say, brother, I'm praying for you. I'm asking that God would take some of your pain, put it on my life so you don't have to hurt as much. And you see this playing itself out in such a beautiful way. And if you could just get a glimpse of the glory of what community could be, then I believe that you would be all in and you would be selfless. You would display the character and the character of Christ Jesus in your community, and it would change you. Mm. It may just change the world, Josiah. That's good. It's amazing. That's the hope, right? right? Amen. So real quick, I mean, you just said a lot there. There was about a bunch of nuggets that I could have wrote down. Yeah. I might just then go back to the podcast. If there's, if there's one thing that you would encourage Paradigm with tonight, what, what would it be? The big takeaway that you would want them to know about community. I think that, um, I, I think for me it would be the, the, the priority of it. I think I already spoke to that. Mm-hmm. And then um, the practice of it, I would say, I, I'm just going to give you something real practical that we did. Because I think, you know, we don't want to come across as Ned Flanders to a lot of people. You know what I'm talking about? The guy on The Simpsons, the neighbor of Homer, which is like my dad, you know. And, uh, but we don't come across as like, hi, diddly foe, neighbor, you know. And, and, and so <laughs> when it comes to the practice of community, let me just lay out how this happened and, and how we've called each other to excellence. And so it didn't become an interrogation session mm, in, our, in our dorm. And, and here's how it happened. Um, we, we were just committing to chase the Lord. And so what we did is that we, we called each other out by almost, almost by bragging about what God was teaching us. And so we had a high vision for what community could be. And then it played out like this, like, bro, man, I was reading in Psalms 13 the other day. And it is crazy because it starts off like the, like the dude thinks that God just has left him out to dry. And he really doesn't even resolve the tension. And so I would just start sharing about what God was teaching me. And out of that, it would call Josiah to excellence because he would say, well, I can't believe Dad now. I need to be in the word. Or vice versa, he would come share with me, like, let me tell you what God's just teaching me. And it became um, something that was, that was out of the overflow of what was happening behind closed doors with Jesus. And so here's the thing. You can't pursue somebody in an intellectual level. You can't pursue them in a, a physical level. You can't build common bonds and then, and then and not talk with them about spiritual things and expect there to be a high-quality value of intimacy and of community there. And so I would encourage you to lean in spiritually. As awkward as that can be, lean in spiritually. And that's one practical way. Just when you show up to your community group, always be ready just to share what God has, has spoke to you. Mm. Don't be the dude that, or the girl that, that takes the whole time, like, <laughs> and then I was in Revelation, and then I ran over to Leviticus, you know. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, you know. But just like come and, and share something, and then and then you know you put the ball in your person, the other person's court, and it's their task to say, "Man, I'm so proud of what God's taught you." Um, and let me show you what what God has shown That's me, good. and um, and that will allow practically allow you to to ascend to this high calling of community. Um, and I and I can't just tell you enough, man. The the thing, the glue that that holds marriages together. The glue that holds brotherhood together um, is, is where you, you have experiences together, but, man, where you pursue each other spiritually, and you knit your soul to people. And that's messy, and it can be heartbreaking, 
but Jesus was willing to be betrayed. He knew he was going to be betrayed by Judas. He set Judas at his right hand at the Last Supper. So he placed this dude in a position of honor Hmm. to display the preeminence and the priority of pursuing people despite what they may do to you. Wow. And so you've got to place a priority on community, be willing to be vulnerable, knit your soul to people, and then trust that God's going to use that to change you and to shape you into the man or the woman he's called you to be. And once you learn that, when you get married and you begin to begin to build a family, it will begin to build a strong bond between you and your bride or you and your man. You'll build a legacy that will change the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And you got some good-looking dudes. Is this guy not country or what? Amen. Hey, give it up for him. Thank you so much, Chad. So as we get ready to close, uh, let me remind you um, of a couple things. This is where we're at. Meeting people, making friends, week one and two, right? Uh, Learning about community. What does this look like? On a, on a biblical level, a practical level. Uh, then week three is the last week of Group Connect. Uh, we're going to communicate nights and connections. You're going to be able to fill out this preference card next week. So next week is super uh, important that you're here, uh, you're present. Uh, and then we're going to form community groups. This is where we go into week five, uh, where you uh, begin to go out and, 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 and have a social outing, have some fun. It's going to take about 10 to 14 days to form groups. Uh, depending on what the commitment level is, week in and week out. We, we are anticipating some fallout. Uh, obviously, we've had 140 young adults register for Group Connect, but I understand that this is a high calling. I understand that this is a commitment that we're asking people, bless you, uh, that we're asking people to make. But you know what? I believe that this is where life will be found. You will experience the blessing of God in your life when you commit. And so then week six will be the first official group meeting, man, where you'll sit down and you'll begin to discuss the word of God. And you'll be in, begin to lean into each other. And so this is just a beautiful thing, man. Take advantage of tonight. This is large group, about to break up into medium group, and then we're going into the small group, and then we're going to have you out by 830. Uh, Group Connect expectations. To be placed in Abundant Life Paradigm Community Group through Group Connect, you must have completed all steps towards Abundant Life membership. This is something that is a priority. Now, again, I know it says, hey, they must all be completed. Listen, if you're pursuing that, if you're in the process of of, of going there and and you're registered for the next steps class and it's not for another few weeks, hey, we understand. You're going to be placed in a community group. But we want you to make sure that you're committed to be underneath an authority of a church. Maybe you go to a different church and you're a member there. Let's talk about that. That's okay. We will um, work with you. We'll meet you where you're at. Come to a minimum three out of three group connect sessions. This is vital. I know some of you have missed uh, last week and you've let me know and every situation is different. And so, you know, we, we will meet you again where you're at in, in your life. But, man, commitment it has to mark Group Connect because commitment is going to be marking your group. Uh, once placed in a group, you're going to commit to stay for one year. One year. We know not everyone's going to look like you. 
you know, and not everyone's going to act like you. And not everyone's going to dress like you. But we believe that when you lean in and you allow, like Chad was saying, other people who don't look like you, act like you, dress like you, even smell like you, we believe that God wants to use them to be a catalyst of growth in your life and so that you would commit. And so situations are going to play out over the course of that year. We're going to be here to talk with you about your situation. We know everything's, every situation is different. And so, again, we will be here to shepherd you and love you well through that. And so, again, we are calling for your commitment, but we will walk with you um, based on the situation. Transition well from any community group. You're like, hey, after that year, man, I just don't know if I can handle one more year with that group. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's transition well. Let's not just run from that group and, 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 and then just show up at Group Connect again and go through the process and meet some new people. Let's have a conversation with that group. I know that's hard, but that's biblical. I know our generation is marked by uh, non-commitment, okay, but that's why we're calling you to commit. Who's going to believe you when you say there was a man named Jesus who died on the cross 2016 years ago for your sins, rose again on the third day, but you can't even commit to a coffee date, man. When you can't even commit to show up for a birthday party because something else has become a distraction. But we're calling you, again, I can't drive that home enough, to a place of commitment because we believe it's a reflection of our God who is ultimately committed in any and every season. Here are a few announcements. Make sure you check the attendance list. If you register, or excuse me, if you checked in when you came in, that's fine, that's good. Uh, but if you didn't, make sure you check that so we know that you were here. Interested in leading a group, please, please email paradigm at AbundantLifeLS.com if you were somehow missed the leader interest meeting earlier in the evening, just email us. We'll, we'll follow up with you. Save the date for group kickoff. It's the week of October 9th. That's a Sunday. Those are when the groups will be uh, kicking off. That whole week we'll have groups all across the city. Now, room breakouts. Here we go. Women, men, we're breaking you guys up. Uh, 18 to 21-year-olds, women, if you're uh, here, auditorium, you'll stay right here. You'll be led by uh, those three uh, ladies, and they're going to do an incredible job, but you'll be right here in the auditorium. The first uh, place is, is, the, is the medium group, okay? And then the second place is your breakout, your small group. So women, you'll stay right here and break out all across this auditorium if you're 18 to 21. 22 to 25 women, you're going to go to the lounge. You're going to go to the lounge, and then you're going to be with Amy Pierce, Katie Cumberford, and then you're going to go into C109 and then office number one. That'll be your small group breakout time. 26 to 30s, you're going to hang out in the lobby, and you're going to uh, use the lobby and then office number three. And then marrieds, if you're a woman here and you're married, you're going to go down in the basement. And so you're going to be right there uh, in C004, and then you're going to use that room and then C009 for your small groups. Now, let's go down to the, the, the men. Men, you're going to be right here in the auditorium, 18 to 21. You're going to be with Shane Johnson and Gideon. Same groups as last week, if that makes it easier for you that were here last week. But then you're going to go to C107, C108. Your leaders know where those uh, classrooms are. Then 22 to 25, you're going to be in the lounge. And then you're going to leverage the lounge in office number two. And then if you're 26 to 30s, you're going to be in C111. 
And then if you're married, you're going to be down in the basement where it says, let's see, C008 and then C010. Okay, so that's where you're going to be. Um, hopefully there's no confusion there. Let me pray for us. And then you're going to have an hour to uh, discuss and hang out with each other. Your group, you'll have a group facilitator and they will take you through some questions to get to know each other. Father God, we are truly honored that you would entrust us with your people, God, that are wanting true community, biblical community, uh, to be in authentic relationships that lead to spiritual transformation. May it be said about us, God, in this ministry that we are paving the way. We're giving people the environment to come and, and, and mix it up and laugh and, and, and eat some great snacks, even though they're unhealthy uh, for the most part. But then, God, we get to engage with people our age. And, Father, would you use the environment and the opportunity, and then would you place that ball back in our court where it's on us to pursue it. And so, Father, would there be relationships that are created tonight and next week and in the weeks to come that would lead us to a deeper and more intimate place with you. We love you, and we say all these things in the holy and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.